What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Bus Driver Experience and a special Friday episode. Hope everybody is doing well today. A few announcements before we get to the episode. I know I get into the guests before the episode, but I'm getting to these announcements real quick. Number one, number two, there is content coming out of my eyeballs. Content everywhere. So much content, I, I just don't know where to put it. It's on Instagram. It's on YouTube. Go check out some of those videos that we're, uh, I'm creating over there at the Bus Driver Experience over on the YouTube page. There's stuff for college athletes to figure out how to make money. There's stories about what's going on at the southern border between U.S. and Mexico. I'm out there. I'm on the beat. I'm on the scene. I'm connecting with others. And if you want to support these crazy adventure and wacky videos, there's ways to do that. There's, excuse me. There's a Bus Driver Experience store over at BusDriverProductions.com. There will be a link in the bio. There is the Patreon page. Thank you, everybody, who has supported me on Patreon. It really means a lot just that you put the money in. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing that and believing in me. It really, really, really goes a long way. And, yeah, there's Bitcoin, Ethereum. If you want to throw me cryptocurrency, good thank you today. I will take that crypto. And... Little announcement too. I have a podcast series, a podcast class that's going to be linked in the bio below. And I'm going to preclude that into my next guest, the guest for today's show, Max McCoy. Max is a former college athlete like myself. And I connected with Max out here in sunny California. Max is originally from California and, like myself, has been going through the transition of going from former athlete into the real world, we'll say. And I've grown close to Max over these past few months living out here in California. Uh, we've not only connected on a lot of things, but we built a whole podcast course together. Max is producing a lot of podcasts. He has a very successful podcast, Mind Body Hoops. And we tailor that into today's show. He works a lot on mental health, a lot of concussion protocol. And not just on sports, but how can we overall become better human beings in a day-to-day basis? Whether it's how to eat better, how to live better, um, how to treat yourself better. Because in order to connect with other people, you got to be able to accept who you are and love yourself before you can get love from anybody else. This conversation was fun. I take it all over the place, like usual, but that's the bus driver experience. You know what you're going to get when you get on the bus with me. And me and Max dive deep on a whole hodgepodge of topics. So please go check out Max's stuff. He's working on a lot of cool things. That podcast is going to be in my bio. If you are interested in learning how to do a podcast, check out this course. Get on there. There's a Facebook group. There is questions, tutorials, phone calls with Max and I on how to get these things going. It's fantastic. But without further ado, I'm going to get into the show. Welcome on the bus, Max McCoy. Okay. Conversational interview. What's up, everybody? In the live stream, Max. What's up, man? What's up, brother? Thanks for having me, man. We're big podcast guys. Yeah, love the shirt, dude. I love this shirt. I have so much fucking content, it says. Shout out to Figment for making this shirt. Cool. Yeah. And it's a hot sale right now over at BusDriverExperience.com. BusDriverProductions.com. Plugs everywhere. Gotta plug it. But I mean, it's a great shirt. I just gotta find a way to put a logo on it or I just gotta run with it. Do you get nervous before podcasts? Not really. I get like pregame nerves still. Depends on the guest, and depends on the flow, and it depends kind of, you know, who I'm going to be interviewing. And we're friends, and I'm I have the butterflies. Really? Yeah. What do you got butterflies about? I always get nervous before a podcast. It's like game time. Let's get it. Yeah. Every time. Well, you're a ball player, so yeah. 
I still get butterflies when I go out and like play pickup or I go and do something. I want to play pickup when I podcast though. Well, no, my, my jitters are gone, but it's like, I feel that I'm just turned on. Like people don't play sports with me because they know Brandon is like here turned on any kind of competition. I'm similar. I remember I met with, I had a, a buddy of mine was in town and he was friends with my ex and she, he had told me, we were talking about being competitive and playing. He's like, yeah, she told me the time when she went to go watch you play sports the first time. And it's like, oh, this guy's crazy. <laughs> this guy is crazy Dude, I, about competition. I'm, I consider myself a very gentle human. And when I play basketball, my friends laugh because I'm always scrapping and I'm always I'm like a, a different human. But I think it's healthy to get that anger out. Or not anger, but like a, aggression and pent up. It's like your animal instincts to fight get out when you play a sport and give it your intensity. I think it's cool. I think it's a needed thing, but I also think that because we come from a background of we've been training and playing at such these high levels and high intensity, if we don't have that outlet that we've not necessarily need, but it's been so built into our psyche, it's built into our regiments and routine that, hey, you know, for two to four hours a day, we're going to be training like madmen for something. And so now we can go out and get it in whatever way we can. It feels great does feel good i think um yeah a lot of people don't get that big uh that big push that big outlet to go out and you know to experience the tough stuff to experience the battles i mean this is like just like how would you want to say a hybrid it's like it's like so how would you say you find that now i have to go when i go to the gym and i just have to make a ridiculous workout ridiculous exercise just to yeah. I don't know. It's almost like setting the bar for the day, making that, you know, ridiculous accomplishment. But yeah. at the same time, setting up little accomplishments where it's, you know, what you've been putting me on, like saying, hey, dude, you got to be doing 10, 10 minutes, 10 days in a row meditation. Did you do that? Yeah. You did it? 10 days? I was, I was shooting you a text after I went down, I, sat on the like balcony first, floor th- up there. First three days. I don't know. But uh, I think it's important to, like, have a 10-day stretch where you just give yourself to it i think that helps and the small wins like you said yeah it started it can be smaller it doesn't need to be as mountainous as something like go have the hardest workout every single day it could be like 10 minutes of sitting with yourself every day is like just as much of a battle sometimes yeah my own psyche just needs that like i need i crave that just sorry i'm still figuring this mic out (laughs) (laughs) that crazy push yeah um oh actually here take that see the little knob in the back yeah so tilt your mic up a little bit no, no, tilt it from there because it's on a swivel and then unscrew that. No, not that much. I think it's good right there. Right there where it's level. Now it's you good. got it. We're good. Is he good? Has he got it? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I, think, I think people just need, they don't realize that those little wins yeah. every day. You really vouch on those, just getting people to get up every day, get yeah. out and move on those. I don't vouch for, I try not to not vouch. vouch, but you advocate. I advocate because yeah. of what it's done for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what has it done for you? I think, uh, I've gotten to know myself pretty well now. And I think I'm naturally like a lot of people can just fall into anxious tendencies. And I'm someone who came from that basketball background where you're achieving and you're achieving and you have a goal and it's very clear, but when that's not there anymore, you have to get really good at knowing yourself and, and slowing down and, and just like checking in with yourself. So I'm, I've gotten huge at these small habits, these small wins where maybe I'm not trying to win a championship or go pro at anything anymore. I'm just trying to be better every day. So now I've gotten better at finding, okay, what are some of the micro things? If I do these every single day over the year, the ripple effects they have on my life are tremendous. You're really good at that. 
That's something you it's, do really well. It's not well. being good. It's just like, take it, you're one of the most disciplined people I know. Good, but in, good in terms of like that you can break it down and look at it that way. Yeah. Me, because I'm I, going championship everything. True. Well, <laughs> And it's bad because I want to be so a home run hitter. So let's take meditation, for example. Yeah. Ten, day, 10 minutes a day is what it started for me. And that's why I said, if you're trying to get into it at all, just sit for 10 minutes for 10 days. Make that a challenge and see how you feel after those 10 days. First two days, you're going to be like, ooh, this is an exciting new habit. After five days, you're going to be like, fuck this habit. I don't want to do this anymore. But if you can go through 10, you're going to be like, oh, wow, there's some differences. So the ripple effects that I noticed from maybe 10 days to two weeks to two months is like, okay, 10 minutes has led me to now I feel more mindful. Now I'm reaching for better foods. Now when I don't want to work out, I'm a little more in touch with what that is and I'm able to push through. Now when I'm working... Um, my mind starts to drift, but I've been practicing in the morning of 10 minutes of mindfulness. Now I'm able to bring that back. And so those 10 minutes now, even if it's a small scale, like 10 days or a month, I've, I've learned that there's no measuring the ripple effects it has in so many aspects of my life. So I'm like, okay, if this made so many ripple effects in terms of my diet, my productivity, my sleep quality, uh, my workout routine, all from 10 minutes in the morning, what is this going to do to me in a year and two years and three years? Like those ripple effects are the ones that I'm still figuring out. I don't even know if I've found them yet, but I've seen it on a small scale. So now I'm like really trying to test this at a huge scale. So I'm trying to go three month, three years, you know, consistently meditating, journaling, and doing these things that I think help me. Yeah, that's a problem for everybody in our society. Um, what problem? I think instant gratification. Hmm. You know, a lot of people can't look outside that, like you said, even that 10 day window. You're let alone trying to work on this three-year window, the three-month window, and that's massive for some people. I mean, same with me. It's so hard to look outside of that because even coming from someone who's made, been successful at college sports, uh, professional sports, oh, I just had to do this, and I was good at it. So luckily I had the discipline, but I think a lot of athletes, especially, it's so hard transitioning out of sports because we're so used to the instant gratification of, you know, being the best at what we did and now we have to revert not revert back but like take a step big step back but i think with the things that you do mm. and advocate is like things that not just athletes need but everybody needs because everybody wants to even not even stay at a job for a year or two years or three years like oh this job sucks i'm not vp yet i want to transition over to someplace else yeah it's sad yeah for me it's just about being the better happier healthier version of me and what that can lead to like I'm just trying to feel better in my body and my mind as I go about life. And there's just certain things that I've found to help me. And when I found those, I was like, oh, I should have done this when I was still playing basketball. Oh, basketball players can use this now and they'll be better basketball players. When they transition out of basketball, like you said, it's difficult. They'll now have a toolbox, a skill set that will carry with them far beyond basketball. So when we finished, we're like, okay, what do we do with this discipline and hard work now? We found things, but beyond discipline and hard work what else can you learn when you're an athlete that will help transition you out of the sport now that can be things like mindfulness like self-awareness self-care just simple things that mm -hmm. will help you be better at whatever goal you have now but it'll also help you at any other goal you have yeah I, i'm a big proponent of so let's to... talk about the 10 days you did you go on you sat and and i didn't want brandon to meditate because so if you have an active mind sitting down and trying to silence that mind right away is maybe not the easiest thing to do mm -hmm. right away. You're good. You're good. Um, 
go on, go on, go on, keep going, keep going. I'm just I'm him. talking to you though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so trying to sit down for ten minutes if you have an active mind is difficult at first. But with you, you want to step into this different energy you want to start getting some like things really moving in certain directions we don't have to talk uh, specifics so we talked about like having you sit down and and visualize everything you wanted for 10 minutes a day and like to not only visualize how it would look if you were like exactly where you wanted if all the pieces came together but how it felt and like Mm -hmm. we talked about like feeling that in your body and like really really not thinking about how am I going to get there but just enjoying it before you've even arrived there so tell me how that went, man. Well, I'm a, I already was a big self-affirmation guy, you know, putting those ideas out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's kind of the, the stuff in the secret that you're not supposed that everybody hates on. But like, you know, yeah. but if you put the, those ideas out there and then you actually put the plans and put things in place. So I think it's definitely um, I used to be a big meditator. I told you that. Right. I used to do like 60 minutes, 90 minutes a day to start my days. It's like a long time. Four years ago. Yeah, it's a long time. I had time living in Kuwait, man. A lot of time to meditate, work on myself. It was almost like being in hibernation out there. Yeah, that's, uh, the, that's the thing with meditation. It's like you can meditate as long as you want, but can you apply it, bring it to life, you know? I was. The hard part for me. Yeah. I'm not there yet. What do you mean apply it, bring it to life? Bring, like, so meditation is the act of kind of coming back to the breath, coming back to your center. Can I do that when I'm out working on a project that's really hard and I'm getting stressed? Or can I do that when I'm playing basketball and someone pisses me off and I don't want to react right away. Can I come back to that stillness? That's meditation's easy when you're sitting on a mat, closing your eyes. That's kind of like hitting the gym, but what are you hitting the gym for? You're hitting the gym so you could be a better athlete. You're meditating. So you could just be a more calm and in control human. So yeah. I think that's the thing that people get away from. It's Medi- like practice first the game. It's being able to have a thought, reflect on the thought and then let go of the thought. That's that's how I see the exercise of meditation. Sure. And if you're able to do that, you're going to be able to go throughout your day. And because shit's going to happen. Someone might cut you on a traffic. You know, you don't get the, the job or this or that. The, the things that go your way, they don't go your way. Even if the good things happen, you have to be able to, oh, wow, acknowledge, reflect. Wow, what a great moment. What a great feeling I'm having. But at the same time, pass on to that next one. Or else you sit too long on that and you start building expectations on those things, you're going to get you can get stuck in the past and then you build anxiety and anxiety is, um, no anxiety is for the future and stress is about the past. That's how it goes, man. I agree. Um, but with the meditation, yeah, no, it, it's definitely been helping me. It's definitely forced me to not force me. <laughs> I don't use the word force, but I'm reading again, reading a lot. And I think, uh, even getting a massage, massage has definitely totally. helped me self care, man. Self-care number one, but self, but part two is that, you know, you have to be, you know, you're on your own now, you know, being, being able to find a way to be by yourself in your mind with no mm-hmm. distractions. So that's, that's a good point. you having your head face down into this horseshoe pillow. That's a good point. Yeah. You get, go get a massage for 60 minutes. You'll see how wild your mind is like, wow, I can't stop thinking. I can't stop thinking. Whoa. I can't stop thinking. Am I even enjoying this massage? Like you get, you really hear yourself. Absolutely. And I think for me, it's been easy to not be by myself a lot with the phone like I, I can meditate 15 20 minutes in the morning but what if I don't ever be by myself again for the rest of the day because if I'm ever by myself sometimes it's so easy to reach for the phone just start scrolling it's so easy to 
if I have a second to drive, just put in a podcast here. So I'm always having input, input, input. And it's like this, it's like our crave to be better as athletes. Like I want to be better every time I can. So if every time I'm driving, every time I have a downtime, I'm trying to read or listen to a podcast or even just scroll. I'm, I'm, it's kind of like this funny way that the mind avoids the discomfort of just being by itself. Have you seen Which the, is a great point. Uh, oh, you've seen the photo shoot that guy did with people with their phones? Yeah, I posted about it. And then took the phones away? That it's was a beautiful. So for people watching on video, if you have a phone, if you imagine what someone looks like when they're on their phone, they're kind of like this. And so if you take the phone away, they're kind of like in this depressed state. I've been, I've been learning a lot from Aaron Alexander who talks about this all the time. And you're kind of in this depressed state. And he says that there's all these studies that have been done that when you're in this depressed state, it's easier to recall like memories of the past where things weren't going so well. You're in this depressed state. So when you're depressed, you get into that body language, but it works the other way around kind of. When you're in that body language, it's easier to remember depressed thoughts. But if you're standing like this, it's very unusual that you're on your phone kind of in this confident masculine. And when you're in this positive, confident body language, uh, there's studies that have been shown that it's easier to recall more positive memories, more po- Oh, I, I got my shit together. I'm Who okay. I'm study? happy. Aaron Alexander quotes it all the time. Okay. I think it's a Harvard study. All right. I'm shitty at remembering these kind of things. I was supposed to run into him, play some beach volleyball tomorrow with these people. Cool. Yeah. And then do some acro with him after. So come through. You going? Uh, tomorrow. No. No, <laughs> but I'm with him often. I've been doing yeah, some videos. Yeah, making him. his po- uh, working on his show. Mm-hmm. He's got a line podcast. How's that been going? It's awesome. Aaron's. I think uh, he's about to launch a book. It's funny we're talking about him, but he's. I think he's <laughs> he's the leader in the mind body space. Like he is so well. He's a student of the mind body connection, and you know my page was is called Mind Body Hoop. So I've studied him, and now I have the chance to like work with him and learn from him more directly. It's awesome. He's a killer. Yeah, he's a really in touch guy. Yeah. Back to that phone thing. I, I can't help but, like, if you're <laughs> looking at the phones and there's these images of people in bed and they got one, one guy's got a phone looking away and then the woman's got a phone and she's looking away. But the most interesting one is, like, masturbation with that. Because like, imagine if someone's using that phone to get some imagery to get themselves off, but then that phone's not there. And now what are they looking into? <laughs> Excuse me. But they're looking off into this void. And they have a look like they're gazing into something, but there's nothing there that's actually getting them. I don't off. even remember that picture. It's that, not, oh, but it's I not just imagine this is Brandon's the picture. The masturbation people, one Brandon's there. picture. <laughs> I just imagine that, just like because the phone is such a cool thing. It, it literally has everything. Imagine being a from a different planet and getting dropped onto this planet and seeing, oh whoa, this is an extension of everybody's hand. I wonder what that rectangle thing is that kind of just never leave it. And they're kind of stuck to it. They're like led by the rectangle. I wonder what's on the rectangle. It's like it's a trippy thing if you just drive anywhere drive by a public place like 70 percent of those people are just like concaved inward their body language is depressed and they're looking at a square square rectangle that's fucking crazy it's a crazy thought about reality like who is actually the lead species how many or do we determine that by the amount of people the amount of people who are in control on a certain surface level makes me want to open up and just stretch (laughs) (laughs) you know are the rats there there's more rats than people here and we had a former uh, biologist on the show, and he was talking about how, you know, rats are just generalists. They're just good at just doing really just being being themselves. You know, they don't have a special trait, and because they just can live off people and the waste of people, they're doing great. One of the top dog species on the planet. So do we look at that, like, by insects who have just trillions amounts of insects everywhere? We don't even know how many there are. Or do we look at that by the cell phones, that there's, you know, more cell phones 
I wouldn't say there's more cell phones than people, but there's cell phones that are guiding and leading people. Hmm. And it's just like, what? Who? Who's? Whose planet is this? Yeah. Who's in charge here? Yeah. Who's in charge, Max? I think it's a it's a really good test for me. The phone is to be like, how much do you? How much are you mindful of your addictive behaviors? For me, I'm like, I'll be the first to say I'm like addicted to my phone, and I think everybody is. And addiction is a trippy thing. And when you can't go without your phone for a day, or when I can't go a day without my phone, I'm like, ooh, I don't like. I, I'm out of. I don't have freedoms. One of my number one values. Like, if I can live a free life, I feel like it's a good life. The phone is one of those things that has been testing me lately. How free are you, Max? Like. If I go to the go two hours and I leave my phone at home and I'm driving around, I'm like, ooh, I get a little anxious. Ooh, I'm like, wonder what I'm missing. Ooh, work is going to slip from under me. All these things are going to go wrong. Come home, <sighs> I have like this hit of dopamine when I scroll and I see these red lights of like hearts. 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 These things. I'm getting love. These notifications. Ooh, people. Oh, okay. While well, I was gone, people were thinking of me. Ooh, people love me. Ooh, my ego's in check. <laughs> Everything's good. It's, it's a crazy thing, these phones. And something I posted about it last week. That's why it's kind of on the top of mind. I had like four hours a day on this thing, and like, oh, that's it. Given that I, I know, right? Given you that, I, know <laughs> given that I work a lot on it, it, but still, it added up to the week I had spent over. Tw- I think it was twenty six hours total of the week spent on this phone, and I'm like, okay, like a third of my day is sleeping. I spent twenty six hours looking at this rectangle in a depressive state out of a week. It's ridiculous. If if you had a week, and I said, hey, next week Tuesday, it's gone. You're going to be on the couch just in a depressive state looking at your phone. It's a trippy thing to think about. So, and still, I made that aware. I posted about it. Hey, look how disgusting my phone usage is. Next week, it's today's Friday. I bet you if I looked at my screen time, it was about the same. Go ahead. It, my phone's put away. Oh, no, no. You're, we're live on your we're phone. We're live. Sorry, guys. This is screen time. Yeah, this is screen. Oh, this is killing my it's screen killing time. Killing your screen time. But this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I was aware of it. I tried to take steps. And by like day three of trying to take steps, I really was aware of like, okay. There's some addictive patterns here with the phone. Like, it's actually really difficult. So, Would you say it's more of... And I think I'm on a mild case. Like you said, so many people are saying, dude, you think four hours a day is bad? Look at my screen time. It's bad. Seven or eight and hours. So people, you know, they don't want to use the word addiction, but I think we're all addicted to things, sugar, you know, all these different things, but the phone is the strongest one. Would you say it's because we haven't figured out a way to access our business or use our businesses properly because our businesses are very you and i yeah we have businesses that work with you know in content creation social media you know and connect yeah. connecting with people and this is such a an incredible invention and device to connect with people yeah it is i mean the fact that i'm on a phone call with an indian tea farm to produce a video and story like i i love these things i love the amount of connection i can have to get with people. You all right back there? I'm just trying to move this fan. Sorry, guys. No, just making sure you're all right. We got a camera guy moving stuff. Um, so that's why I love these tools. It, it's, it blows my mind because I, I love connection. I love engaging with people and I love, totally. you know, the, the opportunity that provides not just me but people around the world. I've been trying to find the balance between using all the great th- – I love social media. Like I love that I've met so many amazing like-minded people online – through my brand mm. I'm like oh you like the same shit I like like let's connect and I've made like we met that way and yeah. you meet like minded people they're doing the same thing and you guys build up together and then I get to learn really interesting cool shit and then I get to help my business get new clients all these cool things but it's finding the balance between the good part of it and then realizing okay how much time should I dedicate a day to the good things of this and then recognize anything beyond that is kind of the addiction taking over and the compulsive checking mm. 
Because I don't know about you, if you try to get some two hours of work done straight, how many times are you checking your phone? And there's all these studies that, you know, just one break in concentration, you kind of have to restart the engine over. Yeah. And it takes like almost 10 minutes to get that thing back to a flow state. So if I'm checking, my, if I have two hours to work and I check my phone four times, I'm really starting over four different times and I'm never really allowing myself to get into it like a deep, deep flow state where I'm moving fast and efficiently and getting my best work done. So That's probably the biggest thing. I, 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 I'm good at getting right back into the program. But again, it's probably not my best focus. Yeah. And I'm doing four things at a time anyways, which is not healthy and it's not good. Yeah. Regardless. So that's something I got to stop. No. Thousand percent. You know, it's just awareness. Yeah. No. Because no, I'm, I say all this, but I'm, I'm saying it because I'm struggling with it. And I'm like, hopefully, you know, bring some awareness to whoever. Well, I mean, again, that's the great thing about what we're doing. Yeah. The shows, the videos, yeah. it's, it, it's bringing awareness, bringing yeah. that there's, there's so much potential in whatever we can do and whatever we want to do. Whoever we want to be, man. This is reality. Whoever we want to be, <laughs> do it. it. It's. I sound like I sound like a damn heavy, but man, it's, it's beautiful, man. God, life is beautiful. It's a great time to be alive. It is. I don't have my Trump straw here, but uh, well, I would have thrown that shit away, people. A Trump plastic straw? Yes. God, everybody hates him, but and he's not a great president. But at the same time, he's I'm just. I'm not getting into this. He's such a good marketer. Can we just talk about his marketing abilities? Nope. I don't like anything about him. Not even his marketing abilities? Uh, As a marketing businessman. No, not business. We're no, just talking about marketing. Nope. 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 Like, there's enough people <laughs> that don't like, that love plastic straws. That's still clear. That he prints his straws, his name on his straws, and raised $500,000 in 10 minutes selling... Plastic? Plastic straws. That's just easy. It's not good. It's consumerism for the sake of consumerism. I know, it's but... ridiculous. But the, the fact that... Oh, you guys are worried about plastic and environmentalism? Let me produce a product that will just shove plastic down your throats that will never leave the like I don't want to get into this. I don't what like what he is is he's just This a, is unnecessary. <laughs> he's the worst. He's everybody's worst image of themselves. And that he just rises to the surface, but nobody knows how to properly confront with their own demons and their own things that they don't like. So this guy is just going to continue to be president, continue to just to be that just terrible figure that just disrupts and has no harmony and unity between people. People like him because he, he, they're like, oh, he doesn't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck either. Yeah, like, but I don't like But that's that. not a reason to, to like somebody. Well, that's, not, that's not a reason to, to, to... You're lighting up when you talk about him, and you like him, it sounds like. So I, I think as a marketer, he's... he's there's in, people that like him. I don't want to offend anybody who likes him, so I'd rather not talk about him. I'm a history guy. In terms of foreign policy yeah. and history, it's the most socialist. Republicans are practicing the most socialism ever. Telling Californians they can't drive electric cars because we're going to tell you what kind of cars to drive. Can't do that. It's living in a socialist, yeah. terrible state. We're trying to give people medicine. We can't even give people free health care. I'm not a politician. If you go get your head busted right now, it's going to cost you $2,000 out of pocket to get your, your head fixed. It's the place we live in. Hmm. Unbelievable. It's a damn shame. Not good. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. See, that's something to get mad about. So why, why... I don't want to bring that into my life. It's not part of my life, so I don't need to talk about it. No? No. It's not like a part of my scope, you know? I try to focus on things I can control. Well, helping people. Helping people with what? Get the medicine. Get and be able to take care of themselves. Like bringing everybody up from the bottom of society. We can make a lot of people better. We can bring awareness and we can bring attention to their lives. And we can do that by everybody feeling better and looking better. That's what I'm about. 
that's Make what we're about. Feel better. Yeah. I'm just, I just want to do it on every. You want to touch every every sphere, every niche you can. I'm like, let me just stick with what I somewhat have a little bit, a tiny bit of experience with. I gotta focus. Yeah, I gotta focus more. It's like we're talking about with the fields I'm working. Like I'm trying to be this touch is, this, 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 is this, the this, case that. why Brandon needs to meditate. He's all over the place. I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> I think that brought us together is basketball, dude. Yeah. And you're a big Lakers guy. You pumped for the season? Um. Am I pumped for this season? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the whole NBA, not just the Lakers. It's it's the best league. It's the it, best uh, league ever. Yeah. Maybe in the world right now. Oh yeah. Popularity. It's, it's, oh yeah. It's something the, that's enjoyed the by fans. The reason I stayed with players. basketball and my brand for so long, it's like uh, basketball is the Hollywood of sports. Like everybody in the world, you travel anywhere, they know about basketball players. It's like Kim Kardashian is like LeBron. You know, it's like they're on the same level of platform. And so if you can put good messages within the, the realm of basketball, if you can say, hey, the best basketball players are doing this, people not only in the U.S. are going to hear about it and want to do that, people all around the world are going to want to learn from these people that are at the pinnacle of success globally. It's, it's an incredible platform that basketball has. It's, I don't think it's – soccer maybe is close, but basketball is like – an incredible platform in terms of star power. It's like yeah. incredible. And this year is the epitome of all the stars just rearrange themselves. It's like never been done before. It's That's a good so way to put it. Fun. The stars rearrange themselves. Yeah. That's a good title right there. I think it has a lot to do with not having helmets. There's so much more facial recognition in the sport. Less that players. That you can be. It's a fast sport. S- somebody. You can pay somebody's face It's a better on sport there. than football. <laughs> I, I'm a big football guy. Like, if I, I wish I could have played football. I, I would have killed to play you football. You would have been a good football player. Corner. Yeah. Halfback yeah, coming you, out of the backfield for like screen passes. Player. Yeah. You're dense. Am I? Yeah. Flex on them. No, 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 no. Flex on them. Best place to be is here. Um, nah, man, I wish I would have played, but I had this kidney disease, so I could never play. Hmm. If I got hit too hard, it would rupture, and then eventually ruptured playing ball in Kuwait, so... Yeah, Gnarly. that was it was tough recovery. Gnarly. But I'm I'm pumped for this season. I'm pumped to go to Lakers game, Lakers yeah. Clippers game. Oh man, Phew, Clippers are nasty. Who's got a better team? Clippers. Think so? Yeah. Who else they got? I don't want to say. I'm. A, I, I, when I'm a Laker fan, I have to say I hate the Clippers. But who else do they got besides PG and uh, Kawhi? Beverly. Nasty dude. He's he's just a winner. He's he's good. I don't like him, but if he was on the Lakers, I'd love him. <laughs> he, he's me on the basketball court. You yeah. know, just a scrapper. I'm going to ruin I'm your scra- day. They have, they just have, like, solid role players. I forget the names of these guys. They got Zubak, who's on the Lakers. All these Zubak's guys. great? Yeah. So Who else? That guy, is it Carroll, I want to say? Really? Yeah, but, I mean, the Lakers got a nice little role players, too, no, man. They, do. they scooped up Danny Green. That's a massive, massive pickup. You think so? 40-plus percent three-point shooter, a guy who can lock up and you can take LeBron or any other of your wing players off and you can say, hey, Danny. we'll be solid. We'll probably make it to the second round of the playoffs. I mean, I love Rondo. A lot of guys don't like Rondo. I mean, I love his whole career. He stays healthy. His good. role. What, what what keeps knocking him out? His ankle? Small is it? stuff, yeah. yeah. Finger, ankle. Do they, they keep JaVale McGee as well? Yeah. They got a nice little squad. Who oh, nice. I mean, Kuzma's out indefinitely. You know what happened with that? No. I saw that yesterday. He's out indefinitely. It just that's, it was the bottom ticker on uh, ESPN. So. Damn. That's why you shouldn't play USA. You think that's it? Oh, yeah, yeah, they're playing. Maybe. Actually, no, they were back in practice, actually. 
Damn, that's yeah, training camp starts. Um, training camp starts up this week. Kuzma's out. It's just indefinitely. I didn't say it. Maybe like a foot or something. I don't know if he had a problem <sighs> with that in the past. Definitely does not sound good. That means we're figuring it out. We don't know what to tell you guys. Either. Is he dating a Kardashian? Because that could be a could be a thing as well. You're just saying shit now. <laughs> no, th- there's a bad thing that happens when you date these women. Get your boy Lamar. I love Lamar. Lamar's a great guy. Yeah. No, he's, there's nothing bad to say about player, Lamar. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Great player. Yeah. How many rings did he end up pulling out? Two. Just with two with Kobe the Lakers. And Powell, yeah. Are you a Meta World Peace guy? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a Meta World Peace guy. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him when he was winning rings with the Lakers. He only got one, right? Two. Oh, yeah, he was second ring, yeah, one. Yeah, he was funny. You think the Rockets going to be able to pull off? <laughs> so random. <laughs> pull off what? A win? Pull a off a good, a good season. They uh, got rid of Cliff. Cliff Paul. I don't think so. You think there's enough ball between those two? No. No. I don't think that's a good fit. No? This is the first time I've ever talked basketball on a podcast. Ironically enough, it's cool. We're two basketball guys, man. I know. I don't think uh I don't think Westbrook and Harden will gel perfectly. Who else did they keep um role player wise in that team. team? Really? Dude, yeah, my my NBA roster knowledge is minimal right now, so don't put me on the spot too much, but they have the basically the same team. I think they got worse. I think Chris Paul and Harden were a better fit cuz Chris Paul could like shoot set shots. Wasn't a Chris, big Chris Paul guy ever. No, me neither. But after Once that, he was on the Clippers. I hated him. <laughs> lo- loved him on the Hornets. <laughs> that series, though, was it two seasons ago when he like carried the Rockets when they were they're beating the Warriors three two two yeah. seasons ago. Yeah. And he just he played unbelievable he got hurt, basketball. Right? He popped his hamstring, man. Yeah. <laughs> Been there. You. I hurt my hamstring this year. First time. How, how's that coming? Is it recovering it's good? Recovered. I'm hoping again. Been doing some of those things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stretching the ankle and stuff. Yeah. That, that's always the biggest thing when watching sports. It, it's seeing those little injuries. And a lot of it stems from that core strength. You know, really targeting. And people get mistaken with core strength. But I think, you know, again, the hamstring. I think the hamstring is just like. I could be talking out of my butt, but I think uh, Chris Paul was like. I always thought he was slightly overweight. Like for his size. And his, he was like too bulk. He like he has muscle and stuff, but. I was like, you don't need all that bulk. You keep pulling your hamstring. Like, maybe you should shed, like, my instincts say, like, you should sh- lean up a little bit, mm-hmm. put less load on, like, these micro muscles, and, like, don't try to be, like, this strong, huge arm guard, like, lose 10 pounds. And he I was think, a stocky guy. Yeah, he's stocky. And I was like, what if he leaned up like he did when you were in the Hornets and Clippers? And, like, I think he would just be more, like, flexible, like, lighter, just less injury. Like, I think it's more suitable for his position he doesn't need all that strength mm. that was I, my I, theory when he, he got hurt like four years in a row in the playoffs that was ridiculous something stupid i don't know but mm. I, I think it definitely again we we're just talking about the core i think adding the hip flexors in there i think those are something that people just don't even know what hip flexors are they automatically assume it's your groin dude hip flexors are so important tremendous we're, we're that's why i try not to sit in chairs because it just shortens these guys so much. Mm-hmm. So if you sit all day and I go try to play basketball, I'm like, ooh, these are so tight. Yeah, so. I used to have tight. Getting out of a car was a big thing. Yeah, and you're sitting back in that car and you have to rotate that hip. Mm. That Dude, ex- car, everything's built for our, like, non-proper, like, not optimal function. Compacting us. Yeah, they're kind of just like, talk about the phones doing this, then the cars doing this, and then this podcast chair doing this. Like, we're just in this depressed state all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we gotta be proud. Yeah, I've been proud. proud. People stretch it out. But I mean, you on your show, you got your body, your show, Mind Body Hoops, and your brand, Mind Body Hoops. Yeah, and you talk about 
Yeah, but I think you talk with a lot of basketball guys, and you talk, you yeah. have talked to, and talk back to this idea of the training. Like, what are they working on? Like, are they working on those little small micro muscles? And we're talking like hamstrings, hip flexors, you know, I, I Achilles tendons. The people I've talked to are NBA skills trainers. More skills, okay. And they, um, my phone stopped recording. That's okay. Goodbye, phone. We had a time limit on there. Wow, I didn't know. Stories of time. Uh, I, I didn't oh. think they would follow that. So I, I talked to NBA skills trainers, okay. and um, they kind of just stay in their lane. So if I were to ask them about the body, they'd be like, you know, they got these NBA guys have a guy for this and that and this and that and that. So these guys I've talked to, like Jordan Lawley, Alex Bazell, Marcus Hodges, all these guys, they're all, for the most part, like skills trainers. So they work on literally just like micro skills, like, you know, skills, the 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 offensive side of the game for the most part yeah. what I've heard from yeah which is interesting yeah I know Brickley has like uh, his own guy Chris Brickley trainer out of New York yeah. like I see he's got always his, his own guy who works on stuff mm. individually with them yeah I've never met Chris but like Alex Bazell he was awesome he was the most recent he yeah he just stuck to uh, the on court stuff but then of course every trainer has to deal with the mindset stuff that's why I love to talk to these guys because like they're basically life coaches as well as trainers. You know, they got to deal with the whole complexity of an NBA athlete, which is fascinating. Yeah. There's been this weird, weird movement. It's not necessarily what your experience is as a basketball coach, but kind of like it has to be this overall all-encompassing individual who can not just be almost like, a, not I wouldn't say a friend, but like, you know, you, you said it perfectly, like dealing with the overall psyche yeah. of a basketball player. Yeah. You know, building this relationship with them. I think a lot of these really successful trainers have just built, like, really interesting relationships with these guys. Yeah. That it's not just about basketball. That's a good point. That's all it's about is the relationships. Yeah. It starts with the relationship. Oh, you can help me a little bit. Let's see that. And then, oh, you can help me. Let me help you. Have you help me? Like, my friends who are also NBA players. And then, um, not just, this isn't any example, but, like... <laughs> That's kind of how it happens for a lot of these guys. It seems like it just starts with one, then it's two, then it's three, and then it's, oh, you're in. You know, no, There's I, something I, to learn about that. It you happens to one of my teammates. genuine, good relationships with people. Help them any way you can. Don't expect too much in return and see what happens in five years. As Gary Vaynerchuk says, provide exorbitant amount of value yeah. for people. But it actually happened to the Syracuse guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot where he was interning out here this summer. It may have been David. Not sure. His name is uh, Sean Belby at Syracuse University. Um, who's the guy who trains Bradley Beal and all them? Drew Hanlon. So he was working with Drew. I think Drew's a Cuse guy, actually, as mm. well. I've met him before. But anyways, he had been in the gym, ran to Isaiah Thomas a bunch of times, and just went up to Isaiah, hey, man, notice this about your game, you know. Love to get in there, rebound, <clears throat> get some shots up with you. And apparently Isaiah Thomas works with nobody. Like, he doesn't train with anybody, like, does his own thing. Yeah, 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 sure, man. Hey, man, what's up? Comes in the gym again. How you doing? You're doing this. You're training. Hey, I'd love to give you some more pointers on this. Because, no, nah, I'm good, man. Just gets a phone call one day. Hey, you still down to shoot and train with me? Come out here this time. A week later, hey, I got to go to Beijing. Can you get on this jet with me? I need somebody to shoot me and train me out there. And now he's training. I'd say a Thomas. Mm. Still in college. Like, crazy where it surmounts to it's 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 fascinating it is fascinating yeah being in the right place and right time and that's the thing with production jobs it's there's always gonna there's always gonna be a spot to fill and you gotta get out there and fill that spot hmm that is i would i would step back and i would say you don't have to like go out there and fill that spot you just gotta like 
do what you think is what's the right move for you. You got to be you. This is my advice to myself. Be you completely. Fill the shoes you want to fill before there maybe is a hole for you. Be really good with people. Talk to as many people as possible. Provide value, like you said. And eventually, you're kind of like shoes that you've just kind of settled into for yourself will mm. become oh that was actually a hole I filled and I didn't even realize it if that yeah. makes sense no 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 it, it, what more of what I was saying is like I'm not saying you're wrong I'm just like I like to rephrase stuff for yeah. myself you gotta actually just go out there and be in those positions where someone's gonna say oh hey you do this we need somebody to do this job you know what to do and acquiring that thing once you're learning the job you're learning the skill you're learning the occupation because I think a lot of people when they go out and they listen to you know not self-help or they go to these conventions or talk. We were just at a podcast festival as well. And people ask questions. And I, I, well, how do I do this? And I do that. I think a lot of people are just really hesitant of dipping their toes in the water sometimes. Mm. You know, yeah. they're, they're nervous about, um, what's that thing? That validation. Like, even though it's, it's their vision, it's their idea, it's their social media page. It's not anybody else's page. They can put whatever they want on there. Yeah. People are going to come see who they are and see what they're about. Yeah are nervous and scared about that for sure where does that come from hmm when was i scared to dip in right now uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got a rent in venice beach i, just, I signed it yeah uh, nice yeah and that's like a i'm trying to think of I, I i asked myself when was the last time i felt nervous to step into something fully and it's like right now uh i don't know what that is it's like i think fear of change the unknown the new there's a chance it doesn't work out. And uh, I'm reading this book, Courage, by Osho, and he has this, these quotes that are... Osho! He's the man. Love so it. sick, but it's like the old, the familiar is kind of like dead, and it's like maybe it's known, but it's it's a dead version of you. It's like stale. It's old. So whether the first step or stepping two feet in is going to work out or not, you owe it to yourself to kind of just like keep doing it and keep doing the thing that will make you alive because whether you fail or not... It's going to make you learn. It's going to make you progress in the direction you want to go. If you're just to stay wherever you are and be like, ah, I don't want to do that. You're kind of just staying with this, like this dead, familiar, mediocre version of what you kind of want. That's what I'm telling myself. So I'm like, oh, I got this rent. This is a big rent. I'm, I can afford it now, but hopefully everything stays great. I'm just telling myself, like, if it doesn't work out, I'll figure it out. And I would be miserable if I just stayed where I am now, knowing I could progress and I can step two feet in like it's choosing as Osho would put it like the dead familiar or like the alive new unknown what's the name of this book courage courage yeah for those of you who don't uh know Osho um spiritual leader <laughs> India um yeah. I don't know how I found him I found the I read his like three of his books before that documentary came out yeah wild wild country that thing is crazy that documentary but oh yeah that woman Sh- Mashila yeah, she's crazy. She is, she's I, nuts. I, I'm down with Osho. I think he's like a really progressive spiritual leader who wasn't dogmatic, you know, like dog. He wasn't like, you need to believe in this or that or this. He's kind of just was. And he did have like a cult like following, but it wasn't because he was like a cult like leader. He didn't he have got a he little did. ego at the end when he came out of silence. Yeah, I got an ego. You got an we ego. All, but <laughs> it, it's great when people, like you said, yeah. look at this figure in a dogmatic way. But he wasn't dogmatic, but, which is the funny part. But like, but people saw him like, oh, this is my leader. I need to give my money and go here and do that. He wasn't asking for all that. No, the Mashila thing. Yeah. It's kind of like, hey, we need you to give this money. We need to build this compound. Yeah. And this whole mixed message about who was in control. I'm going to go live again. Perfect. Keep it coming. So like who was in control and who was live? 
um, who was live, excuse me. <laughs> um, but it was funny because once he, when she left and she bailed on everybody and he came out of silence, it was so funny listening to the ego come out of him mm. and like defending himself and this and that. And my thing is like, don't, I don't look at these people as over pious people. You know, I look at them as humans, you know, we all have our flaws and we all, we all got our shit. And so the funny, the funniest thing from that doc was just like, you know, she left and she didn't even say goodbye to me. <laughs> she didn't even say goodbye. <laughs> it's incredible. But he has a, one of my favorite quotes by him. Someone asked him about religion and it was just the most beautiful, hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. I asked him about believing in God. He goes, I do not believe in believing. Just so simple. Just yeah, he's cool. I, I have uh, yeah his books. Like if I need something, like if I'm going through a weird phase, I'll look at my bookshelf and be like, which book would help me right now? And like with this transition of uh, moving and stuff, I'm like, ooh, courage. That's exactly. And I've been just flipping through it, and I go through and I see my old shit that I highlighted, and I'm like, that is perfect. That's exactly what I needed. Mm. It's a cool thing to do. Yeah, that'd be a good book to go through. Like a book of uh, short thoughts. I just bought a. Uh, Paradise Lost. Have you heard of that one? Mm-mm. Who is it by? 16th, 17th century. Um, John Milton something. And it's like a whole 10,000 line poem about the Garden of Eden. It's called Paradise Lost. That's cool. And so just going through reading an excerpt of there. That's nice. Talking about falling from paradise mm. in the Garden of Eden. So like weird shit. I wouldn't say weird shit like that. But, you know, something to reflect back on to look at, to get a whole new perspective. We were talking about meditation reading is a meditation it is like to be able to sit down and read is as you your mind will drift and then you got to bring it back and then your mind will drift and you got to bring it back and you, that that art that bringing it back is like a it's it's like a meditation it's like a strengthening your ability to come back to focus to what you're in front of so that when you're maybe it's like strengthening the concentration muscle so that when we're working instead of reaching for the phone we, we want to reach for i'll oh, come back mm-hmm Reading is like a very peaceful way for me to do that. Yeah. Like those first five minutes, I'm kind of struggling, but then I get in that flow state and I can read for 20 minutes and I'm like, ooh, this is 20 minutes just flew by. It was awesome. Do you read on a tablet at all or do you read strictly paper? My dad loves the tablets and stuff, but I love paper. I love to feel the book and I like to mark it up with a highlighter. And then I, I my bookshelf is like one of my prized possessions, as, as nerdy as it sounds. Like I bought six books this week, man. Dude, I'll it's get the back best. It's it. like gets you excited when you get a new book. Like, Ooh, I'm going to absorb this. Like this person's life work is going to be in my brain soon. This person put years and years into this book to get a message across. And now I'm going to be able to absorb this in a week or two. And now I'll just be like a leveled up version of myself. And so my bookshelf, I look at it and I'm like, man, like, like I have almost four stacks now over the last few years that I've read. Like my top shelf is not read and then the rest are read. And I get to look at it and be like, ooh, like I remember when I was going through when I read that book. I remember what kind of like the takeaways were from that book. And then, like I said, if I'm going through something now, I'm like, what kind of what book would I be able to look back on now and just kind of flip through and it'll help me give me the wisdom I need for like this moment of time so that's why i go paper man i lo- i cannot do a tablet i've Unless read i gotta read it quick like i have a podcast mm-hmm. i'm like oh i got a podcast with you like i gotta read your book within a day i'll just download it read it and then have that guest on my my show when um i read a lot on this one tablet i had i've had it for like three or four years but 
I've just got I've gone back to paper. Some it's like I can't it. go back to the tablet, man. Really? Get, getting on paper, it's, it's like yeah, I, it's a whole new like you said that form of concentration. Or maybe I'm just getting mm. you know over a, a little more mindful a maybe. transition in life that I can just you know getting back in that paper, getting that meditation, like, like flipping through a book. Is not, you know not me, I got you can imagine I got four books going right now, dude. I, yeah, I'm the same way. I get too excited. Like I, I buy faster than I can read, so I'm like reading four or five books at the same time. So whatever mood I'm in, I'm like, ooh, I'm yeah. in the mood for this one or this one. So. Are you familiar with Graham Hancock? No. I feel like you'd be a fan of him. He's a British, um, British, British journalist turned um, writer and researcher, and still works on a lot of journalism stuff, um, uncovering civilizations lost past and lost history of our civilization pre, you know, Mesopotamia, um, but also just incredible, incredible insight and then the storytelling and this historical fiction books he has and i just got the third sequence of it the fourth one's coming out and oh man it's about the conquest of spain between cortez and you, the spanish you do love history oh man but the, this one the amount of storytelling he adds into the real mm. actual historical figures yeah and then he's a guy who's very open about his use of psychoactive substances so cannabis dmt psilocybin mushrooms and he talks about the practices with the the Native Americans using those things and the imagery he puts in with his, you know, talking about Montezuma taking these psilocybin mushrooms and it's like, hmm. it's just so well, uh, the picture is painted so beautifully Wow! about the substance and everything cool. else. Yeah. Cool, man. Massive stuff. He talks, there's a few books about spirituality as well and um, check on his stuff. He's been on Rogan a few times. Cool. I'll, I'll, I like to listen to a talk of an author before I read them so I'll do, I'll do that. Oh yeah. And he's got British voice, something so <sighs> alluring. So smooth. My last sip. Yeah, coffee refill. How many cups of coffee are you putting down today? Um, I'm trying to limit it to two. Talk about addiction. I like. I love coffee, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love the taste. I love just like the ritual of it in the morning. But I. If I wasn't mindful of my consumption, I could drink five cups in a day, but I won't, or else I'll just be crazy. Yeah. So I, I like try. I do like half cups, half cups. I half, do half cups. Trying to keep it to one. Honestly, just trying to keep it to one, but it's really like two right now. Yeah, I'll get it down. Sometimes I'll take like a week break, and then it'll be really hard, and then I'll come back and have a half a cup, and it'll make me spracked, and that's always fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's amazing is we we're talking about the sugar addiction with that, and yeah. like how much people don't see caffeine as a drug or all these like local corner stores yeah with with caffeine coffee uh, how people don't see anything as a drug like no phone caffeine sugar bread try to cut bread out you'll notice you're addicted to bread mm -hmm. you'll notice you're addicted to sugar you notice you're addicted to scrolling on your phone before bed and when you wake up you're addicted to caffeine like try to stop the things you do and you're like oh no i'm i'm no different than you you know that's why i empathize with like people who struggle with real real addictions that fuck up their life i'm like i don't have that but i can look at you and be like i get you because i like i can't go five days without my phone and that's like probably how say you're someone else that you have that dealing with like a drug addiction i'm like damn that luckily my addiction to my phone and to sugar and to coffee doesn't fuck up my life <laughs> but I can empathize and I think everybody could probably this is an off topic but people could probably empathize more often if they kind of looked at themselves and were like I got that too you know totally I, I got that too I mean the sugar <laughs> well, sugar one's insane because people will 
sugary sweeten their coffee in order to, to take in that caffeine. So they're like, <laughs> they're like cutting yeah. their drugs to get double the drugs of two different varieties. I love some sugar after a meal. Like I always, after I finish a healthy meal, I always want like a piece of chocolate. Have you had a keto brownie I make up <laughs> No, let's get the keto brownie going. Oh yeah, one Let's gram of sugar. Going. Wow. One gram of sugar, and I'm making wow. it into fudge now. Wow. So it's like this kind guy of. I can cook, people. This I gotta, guy can I, cook. I gotta give you one of those, Brian. You've had one of those, right? Mm-hmm. Two thumbs up. He only gave me one thumbs up, and I know deep down it was two right there. The validation. I. Mean. What's another one? People don't even look at porn as an addiction. I think that's massive addiction. I feel yeah. like people look at that as an addiction. I feel like that's like the hot trend. I think the, the the availability to go out and get sexual gratification mm-hmm. and to release We've talked about uh, masturbation twice on this episode, Brian. <laughs> I have. I think it's a massive problem. <laughs> no, I'm just messing. Being able to sexually gratify yourself be that you. often. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, instant gratification of any kind. Well, it, it, I think it's it's not not ruining, but it's really dampering social connection with people in society and life. We talk well, about just the phone in general, but you add the availability to go on your phone. And go to a porn website. Why would I go talk to a woman? Why would a woman nah, go talk should, to a man? Uh, and it just know. it just takes away. And then I've been back on these dating apps now. Mm. Oh man, it's mm. like, hey, I'm so busy in real life. I guess I have to meet somebody through my phone rather than meeting somebody in real life. Really? I wonder how that'll be in um, ten years. You know? What do you think? I think there's not going to be a population problem. A lot of people. Planet's going to be at nine and a half billion people by 2050. I really don't think there's going to be the population problem. I think we're going to have such a hard time of people actually wanting to procreate. Whoa. All right. You? That's a that's a hot take. Um, ten years, twenty years, maybe we'll have. What do I think about what? What's your question? Population problem. Procreating. I do. You, I don't think that'll be an issue. I don't think it'll be an issue. And still countries that are, I hate using the term developing or third world, but population, you know, uh, on the rise, not a problem in any of those places. But look at the... Maybe co- it'll be survival of the fittest, where people who still crave human interaction are the ones that procreate, and the people that kind of get stuck into the addiction of technology will stop procreating, and their genes will kind of cut off there. That's a hot take right there, too. I'm just thinking of this on the spot. No, I've no, it, never thought of this. This is this life. is this is perfect. This is bus driver bus driver experience. What is the bu- tell my IG? What is the bus driver experience? How would you encapsulate it in one sentence? Well, what I, is your show about? I'm the bus driver. I'm I'm the, I'm the guest. I'm the bus driver, and I'm going to take you on an experience with incredible guests through an audio version, audio storytelling. We're going to capture how you see the world. Do you edit your podcast? No, this is it's all going on. This is all going on. Okay. This is all going your through. Your show, your road, man. Straight shot, straight through. Straight so, yeah, I take people on an incredible journey through the through my lens of how I see my guests. They're interesting takes. How do you see me? How do I see you? Yeah. Well, I got to finish telling about the show. I'm in the middle of the pitch. I said one sentence. This was like four. You Did he say one sentence? Can we roll that back? No, yeah, well, it was one <laughs> sentence. I know how to reel you in, brother. Oh, man. Why how do, do I see you? Yeah, and then I'll ask you a follow-up question from there. Yeah. Okay. I see you as an interesting character. One mm. sentence. I can't go any further. I'd like to, but... <laughs> nice. Interesting character. Can, may I? Don't I think I'm as interesting. May I? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. I'm very, very interested and fascinated, especially people in the field of entrepreneurship and people who are in the idea of re- really beating their own drum. I think a lot of people don't do that. 
I think a lot of people are very not comfortable, but they they don't they're limited to who they are. And so I'm just fascinated. A lot of people who are able to create their own realities, create their own worlds, you know, and especially someone who lived the very nomadic lifestyle. You were just popping in this van not too long ago. Yeah. Living out of that. I did that with this school bus. I've done that just as a backpacking traveler. Just, you know, hey, let's buy this van. We're going to head down the Chilean coast. I don't really know you, but you guys want to come with? And being able to connect and the fact that that can be life, you know? Anything that's going on right there, the people that you are with are the only people that know who you are, the only people that really you connect with and matter. You have a cell phone connection, the rest of the world. So the fact that people are brave enough, you know, to take on that entrepreneurship, to take on that every day where you really don't know sometimes what direction it's going to go, where it's going to be. And that could be people on different scales and levels of success. You know, I have Olympic boxers on this show. I have a carnivore medical doctor, like who's just advocating eating red meat and thinks there's a vegan conspiracy going on and green agenda and he's going to battle and fight it. He's got, he's created a life for himself that he can go out and do that. I think that's incredible. I think that's you know, someone who's playing the game of reality and life just really interesting and that's now, now you see why i gave him one sentence huh <laughs> yeah don't let me go <laughs> i'm just kidding i love it man. you're uh we talked about osho and courage and that's basically what your your show is about is uh not falling back into staleness and and people who embrace the wild unknown yeah it, it's it's stressful a little more efficient way of speaking it, it's stressful when you don't have you know the scale and level of success as some of the guests i had on my show but I, I, I just you know, want to be that light for people to say, hey, I can do this. Yeah, you know? for sure. I'm not the noble, successful adventures guy, but I got fucking really, really, really big courage. And I'm going to go out there and battle and fight. I love it, man. Yeah. And I don't want that to be stubbornness because I think stubbornness is something that really overshades it mm. and overcasts over it. Mm. And that's something I got to work on. So mm. putting good, this good for you for knowing that, man. Yeah. That, that's that's the toughest part is being aware and be so being so aware that you got to continuously work through it. What do you think the stubbornness comes from? Um, it's family thing. Mm. Um, mom, dad, they were entrepreneurs, always had their own business, always did their own thing. And, you know, big th- shoes to fill. No, no, they weren't big shoes to fill. Mm. Uh, the crazy thing is like, I want to ask you this. I explain to my parents what I do. They have no idea what I do. Yeah. I, I probably think, my, I think my, my mom or dad think I'm like a drug dealer or something. So like, how, how do you make money? <laughs> what do you do? My, my, What's a podcast? Yeah. My parents are the same way. They're like, <laughs> they probably think, no, they, they haven't. <coughs> they are like, oh, Max does video. He does videos and he has, he has a blog. It's called hoops or something, you know, like that's how my mom puts it for sure. But uh, yeah, they don't really know. Because they don't have social media or anything. Social media and just if you think about technology. I mean, my, I don't think my parents actually know how it works. My dad's an unreal Facebooker. He probably has some of the best engagement I've seen on a Facebook page in forever. But that's because he's got an older audience and he just talks about Trump on there. And it's just like, you can't post that, man. What are you doing? I'm not going to take it there. I'm not going to take it there. <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> Uh, so what is Mind Body Hoops? How did you come up with that name? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Um, it was started as Hooper Hacks. Hooper Hacks. Good it was, pivot. It was. Uh, I started it as a blog, and I wanted to talk about the 
ins and outs of the mind and the body and related to performance and basketball was my background so I was like let's make it specifically about basketball I wrote some blog posts and decided oh I need some people to read these blogs so I better make an Instagram account and then I got obsessed with trying to grow that Instagram account and I kind of left the blog to by the wayside and then I just I always had mind body hoops as the uh, kind of the the tagline of Hooper Hacks I just thought Hooper Hacks was clever <laughs> and then I just kept and then I just switched it to uh, mind body hoops what is my body hoops? It's a, I call it just a page where I have been studying mind body performance. It started as me sharing what I knew about like getting better as a basketball player, uh, especially on the mind and physical side. And then now it's kind of evolved into me progressing as a professional and still treating myself as an athlete and becoming better mind body wise and sharing what I learn with the audience that's trying to get better at their craft. My craft right now, I would say is like, being healthy, happy, and doing well professionally. And then my audience is mostly athletes. So, um, people who are trying to become the best athletes they can. Where did the whole mental health thing come in there? I know you really, really focus on that area. Um, mental health. I, out of basketball, I, uh, finished playing and I moved across the country back to my home state in California. And then things just slowed down. I wasn't an athlete anymore. And I had to be like, Oh, now what do I do with my life? And so <clears throat> depression kind of was a part of my family history with my sister, my younger brother, my mom. My mom had like a medical background, so she would always label it. Oh, that's depression. Oh, that's this. You were probably born with that. And she would tell that to my siblings. And then when I felt that for the first time when I finished playing basketball, it had maybe been in there my whole life. Um, I had always been a little anxious. But like when you play basketball five hours a day, you're moving so much it's really hard to like be anxious when you're exhausted and you're working hard all the time so life slowed down and I got a little like sad little like directionless and um, through that I had to learn how to take care of myself for the first time and started reading books and I had never liked reading books and um, it's actually funny I, I I was like, okay, I'm done with basketball, so now I'll be an entrepreneur. And so I was like, okay, I studied Steve Nash and Kobe to be better at basketball. Now I'm going to study like Tim Ferriss, who I like, and I'm going to study Steve Jobs. Let's see how they became who they are. And I would learn about them, and I'm like, they both are super into meditation. Like, they must be crazy hippies. Um, and so I bought a meditation book. I'm like, I'll just see what this is about, and I loved it. And I loved the book. And uh, it was the first time I'd enjoyed reading, and so I tried meditation, and it didn't like change my life overnight, but it was the first time that I was like, Ooh, like, Ooh, I feel like I'm back in the driver's seat a little bit. Like I was just a little bummed out dude in this sad, lonely apartment in San Diego. And now I'm like, Ooh, I'm feeling a little, I got hope again. Like I feel in control. So the mental health stuff came just through my own personal journey and dealing with acute small versions of things like uh, being depressed and anxious. But I think a lot of athletes as they transition, transition out of the sport experience that and and then it became, I didn't even share what I had known about the stuff for a while. My page was so much still about just like motivation and like take care of your body. And here's how you, here's some, some skills you can learn in basketball. And then finally I started sharing about meditation and then people really started to gravitate towards it. Um, didn't blow up or anything, but like I would get messages regularly of people reaching out to me saying like, dude, I'm in school, I'm really depressed, and your posts made me meditate for 10 days, and I just feel a lot better, like, I just had a talk with my coach, like, hey, man, I'm really depressed, and I started journaling, and it really fucking helped, thank you, 
and like these messages started to pour in like I would get maybe one every other day which for me every other day getting someone tell you that you really changed their life for the better was like as small of a scale as I felt like I was doing it on with only like 20,000 followers I was like dude this is epic this is awesome and so I had all my other professional stuff going on but on the side here was me able to share my mental health and performance tips that I had learned myself with an audience that I felt like was receptive like these are kids being like I want to get better at basketball I'm willing to do what it takes here's meditation here's journaling here's these mental health things that have helped me they're not doing it to be a better athlete they're not texting me about how it's helped them on the court they're texting me about how dude I got in a huge fight with my mom I was super upset I journaled about it and now I feel so much better and all these just all these different things of people reaching out with like incredible like there's so much these kids go deep and so to be able to help them in any way was like the biggest gift so that's really how mind body hoops kept going like I, I didn't have enough traction to kind of like make it my whole life but because these kids were reaching out in the back end telling me all these things and getting real personal with me and feeling like they know me I just like I was like I love this I'm gonna keep doing this as someone who's dealt with depression do you think it's more of like hereditary or it's more of like it nah, can be it's, created? Situ it's situational I think I coming from a background with a mom who I think maybe people are predisposed to it you know, like if you had a, you know, if you have issues in your health, like obviously it's easier to, if you're, if you're tired, it's easy to be depressed. So if you have a genetic thing that makes you really tired all the time, you're going to be depressed more because you're going to be low. So when I get tired still, I'm like, Ooh, I'm, ha I'm getting a little depressed. I'm like, Oh, I'm just tired. So I think anybody who has things that make them extra tired, extra low, extra fatigued, it's easier to be depressed. My mom was came from the medical background and she would be labeling all these things as genetic 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 and what's her background in medicine she was a social worker okay but she was also a psychoanalyst <clears throat> or psychotherapist or something like that too um but mostly like a social worker but um so everything was genetic and i was like i don't know and even uh i never have said this but like dude after i graduated college i it got to the point i i wouldn't say i've dealt with depression i have had depressed periods uh, which I think every human has, and I think it's super normal, and I think those times teach us a lot. Like, you're not happy with your life right now for a reason. So if you did a complete 180 of your life, maybe you'd get better. But the issue that I had was like, ooh, I'm like this, and then I have my mom telling me, oh, you're born like that. Let's fix that. Let's take you to the doctor. I go to the doctor. Within five minutes, he said, hey, you ever sad? I'm like, yeah. Do you ever have trouble sleeping? I'm like, yeah. Do you ever get nervous in social settings? Yeah. He's like, okay, sounds like, yeah, you got some genetic depression and anxiety. He signs me, he gives me a medication, and I walk away within 10 minutes. Doesn't ask me about my diet, my lifestyle. Doesn't ask me if I have good friends in my corner. Doesn't ask if I have any purpose in my life. Doesn't ask about my sleep schedule. Doesn't ask if I've been exercising. Signs me off with a medication. I go home. I take an antidepressant for probably five days, and then I said, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to stop. And I just started doing more research, more research, and just realizing that, like, Man, like it's just a really crazy time where so many people are on SSRIs, which are antidepressants. Yeah. Both my siblings were on it. My older sibling had been on it for 10 years. She was prescribed it when she was 15. She was 25 at this point. And doing so much more research, this is, there's this woman who's really leading in this space who, her name is Kelly Brogan. Her work's amazing. Um, and it's like these drugs basically just are so specific to help you with like the most acute brain chemistry issue yeah ssris are tricky ones because they, for some people they're 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 necessary 
like to really work with that brain chemistry on giving the they, right chemical. And yeah, and I don't want to say they're bad blanketly. But yeah, I'm saying like if you give your brain this like chemical boost in one specific area only, and do that for years and years, like my sister for ten years, your brain stops producing that kind of stuff that it needs. It becomes dependent, just like with coffee or we're talking like addiction, like. You get addicted to that SSRI, and now your mind literally cannot produce the chemicals that that SSRI is supposed to help you with. So the plan with these medications is: here you go, you're on this for life now. There's no, there's no exit plan with these. So I started taking it, and I was like, "What's the exit plan?" He, and then I I went to him and I said, "Hey, I'm not going to take this." But he's like, "Oh, you know what? We'll probably give you another one." He would try to stack them, and it's just this messy industry. I'm going off the rails here a little bit, but. All this to say, I think there's not enough emphasis on like, how's your life? How's like the basic fundamental things that make a human happy? You and I, you know, talk about um, like ancient humans almost. And I've loved to like learn about anthropology and how that kind of correlates with psychology and mental health. If you look at like an ancient human, you'll kind of realize, oh, we've strayed so far from that. Maybe that's a couple of my issues like mental health wise. So for me part of my mental health routine has not just been meditation and journaling anymore it's like am i getting outside enough am i getting sunlight am i being around humans enough if you think about like an ancient tribe they were always together they're looking each other in the eyes getting this oxytocin mm-hmm. like this love and, and connection chemical oh okay i'm safe because i have people around me and i was the type that it was very easy for me to not be around people enough or it was easy to just be on my computer and working or I wouldn't get outside all day because I had to grind. And those are, these are recipes for unhappiness and depression. The phone is a recipe for depression and anxiety. So there's all these things that I think definitely people are predisposed to. Yeah, you, you got to like work harder. I think I'm predisposed to maybe be a little more anxious and, and low. I get fatigued really easily because I'm so high strung that I often crash hard. Um, but I think a big part of, my journey and I'm still learning how to do this the best way possible is to be the best I can be and to live the example as to like I can place my mental health and well-being above everything else and I can still be a professional and I can still have a good career and I could still have a lot of fun and I could still but look you don't have to you know maybe shove your mental health to the side for the sake of your career and then blame it on your genetics and then go get a prescription the night the now you're in a wormhole for and you're stuck so before you put maybe take that medication that's a little bit irreversible if you go like for a month or two months i think it's a really great idea i've heard because it can kind of get you out of that dark place and kind of get you and then maybe get off of them but mm-hmm. for people who are on them for years it's like it's a crutch that now is a part of your anatomy and your and everything so I went off the rails there, but it's, it's, it's something I'm really passionate about. It's close to my family. It's something I've dealt with. And Mind Body Hoops is this weird niche way for me to, I feel like, in my early stages of my own journey, kind of feed that, mm-hmm. you know? No, I think it's massive. Like like you said, you know, someone having the courage, oh. so to say, to reach out to you and just ask you, you know, or, hey, I'm feeling depressed. I, I, I don't like where I am. I don't have my life, you know? That's, you know, the strong proponent and the great thing about social media that, you know, even messages I get from people from all around the world, watch a show or talk here or in India, just, you know, the fact that you give somebody attention and the fact that you validate them and just recognize, hey, I see you, you're there. 
like I said, we have all these tools to communicate, but we're we're just lacking, you know. Mm-hmm. Giving people eye contact is such a odd and strange thing now. But, you know, people really, really gain this sense of comf- comfortability with you when you're able to give them that attention and actually just care. I think that's just the number one thing. Yeah. You've, you, to be a good leader and, you know, a good speaker, it's not just acting like you care, but, I mean, if you care and you can show people that you're engaged with them, it's... Yeah, and another thing, on caring is huge. For me, there's this guy that came on my podcast that has been such a gift to me to learn from from afar is Eric Godsey. He's like a he's a psychoanalyst or a psychology nut as well, and he talks about like to be a leader really comes down to just like not turning away from the shit you're going through, step into it full force, and then also to really be a leader and what you're going through and help other people with the same is just being honest about it and being open about it. And like, he's someone I look up to in that sense. So when you're saying like, yeah, I care about the people in my circle and that are reaching out to me, but maybe I wouldn't have cared if they never reached out because I don't know they're there. But my version of trying to be a leader now is maybe stepping away from like, here, do this, do this, do this. It's like, here's what I have that I face every day. And here's like what I'm doing to work on it every day. I think the biggest the thing to focus on is being vulnerable and being open, like you say, and expressing how you feel and telling, you know, whether it's a friend, a buddy, or even someone, you know, on social media, just saying, Hey, listen, I, I don't feel good. I don't like this, you know, kind of writing those things down or even bring them to the surface. I don't like the people I'm around. Yeah, I, I'm not journaling. getting exercise. I'm not getting this. And when you can see those things, I have a, uh, a good friend and she um, was in a bad spot and she was like, not sure I wanted to go back in this, in the situation she was in. And I was like, Hey, just, just write down everything, write down everything you like and write down everything you don't like. And so she wrote it all down. She's like, Oh my God, like, mm. I don't want to go back to that. It is, I, I can't do that. Yeah. And it was just, you know, again, when you're coaching or just being a friend of somebody, you don't want to tell them what to do. Just push them in the right direction. That's a great piece of advice. Write it down. Yeah. I, I tell everybody to do the same thing. I got to remind that my, that of myself sometimes is like, Hmm, I got a lot going on in this head. What happens if I write it all down and then you write it all down and it's like, oh, that's really clear. That's really like, it's as if you're helping someone else now. And mm-hmm. it's really easy to, it's easy for me to give you advice, but it's hard for me to take my own advice or even give myself advice. Likewise. <laughs> so when you get it on paper though, it's like as if you're giving yourself third person advice and it's, it's incredible. You're like, oh, I see that's, that, that seems like a big issue, but really in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big issue, Max, or whatever it is. And you have your show, Mind Body Hoops. You're at 48 episodes. How long have you been doing this show? Wow, good. So you're, you're, well, uh, I'm managing your show now, so I know how many episodes you got now. This is my new podcast producer, people. He's a really talented producer. Um, so I have 48 shows. I probably have 50, no, 60 recorded. So a lot coming. Uh, a lot of good stuff coming. I've been really slow on the publishing because I'm doing a brand change. Um, but I've been. I started this in November. So almost a year, man. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm about three years into podcasting itself. By the time I get to a year, I'll have 52 at least. So October 1st, 2016. So what is this? September 27th. Nice. I'll be at a... Cool, man. Wow. Three years of showing, man. Cool. It's a crazy space. Cool, man. I love it. It's Such a unique best. way to touch your audience. Yeah. What's What's been the uh, way to that you've reached your audience the best through the show itself? Not just social media, but like podcasting. What's been the best How way? have I reached them? Yeah. How have they been a part of your show? How have they been been hmm. reaching you? And how have they been in, what would be the word? 
not inspiring you, but how have they been a part of the process? Just when they DM me and I had someone DM me today that, um, have was listening to some old episode that was like from week number two of like, or like months and months ago. And so I think that's one of the coolest things for me is people reaching out and, uh, giving me just like, Hey man, I listened to this one and wow, it really helped me. And just like, it's so simple. It's like those little messages of encouragement is about the amount of interaction I have with my audience in terms of the podcast. It's cool because I have so much fucking love for podcasting, sitting down with someone. I get to be able to go and talk to these incredible people. I get to talk to authors of the books I love. I get to talk to doctors and NBA trainers and all these amazing people. And then I get to share that. And if no one ever listened to it, I would be doing this. And then I get to have some kid message me about a, a, a podcast I did months ago mm-hmm. that maybe I didn't think was so good. And he reaches and I'm, I'm like, oh, that's an old one. That's not so good. He reaches out today, says, dude, I just listened to this. I'm a fan now. I'm stoked. Like, I'm going to implement this and this and this. This is what I learned from you and from the guest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ooh, that's 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 a nice feeling. But that's how I interact with my my. I don't really do – it sounds stupid, but I don't do it for them, the podcast. I do it for more me and my guests. But mm-hmm. it's like a great bonus that they get something out of it. Well, I think we just haven't been able to measure influence but like you getting to talk to these people and that person reaching out to you, like that's, that's influence. Yeah. And that's, and we just haven't been able to, you know, measure, you know, the metric of audio influence to say like, Hey, this is what this, this is where this actually provides value in people's life. And this is what it's worth. Yeah. You know, again, I had the same thing. Some guy messaged me yesterday about a, an old on the bus podcast episode on barefoot movement, talking with uh, some guy who's a doctor, a podiatrist in Florida. And he was like, Oh my God, this show. And he's literally like quoting like chunks of the Isn't episode. Isn't that the best? Yeah. Yeah. It just, again, just to make somebody feel better. Just to, you know, I'm not, I'm not making any money off that, that thing. It's just like, wow. Just, what do you like in a podcast as a listener? As a listener? Yeah. I, I, and how do you try to deliver that in your own podcast? I think I've, I've, I've been working with podcasters. Uh, we, we just launched a course. I launched a course and I'm stoked to have Brandon as a part of it on the tech side of it. So how to start a podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> little plug right there. Yeah, check it out. Uh, and I, before launching, I kind of helped a few, like a solid amount of people with theirs, like for free, just saying, Hey, check out my course before I launch this, make sure it's all good. And I've been walking them through and it's almost been like a cool now relationship with these people. A lot of them are asking for advice as to like how to format or how to deliver certain things. And I'm like, dude, listen to how you listen to podcasts, put yourself in that see and like what do you like about a podcast write that down what do you like about a podcast title that you think is dope write that down what do you think about a podcast image that you think is dope write that down how do you like the conversations formatted how do you like the direction to go and then make that your show man like make what you think is cool and you're going to have a lot more fun and you're going to make a show that at the end of the day if no one likes it you're going to be like that's dope that's cool so i'm curious to see like what you think you like in shows as a podcast listener and how do you try to make that happen in your show i break it down even simpler to what you said it's just like social media like you know we're talking about your page like whether it's max mccoy or mind body hoops or brandon reese like okay people are coming there to see me they can go click on any other page online but they follow me they like the poster video they're coming there because they like the stuff the content that i'm putting on that page if someone's listening to the show and the most the thing you have to do to grow an audio audience. <clears throat> of course, you have to market with video content to drag someone over to listen to 
to you talk. That is funny. It's very tough. It's why the podcast downloads 140 in the first week is 50% top percentile of shows. It's very hard to scale and grow these shows. There's a million podcasts out there. It's a million podcasts ever created. So how do you get people in? You, it's all about you as the individual, as the show host, as the I'm, guest. Yeah, I guess. You, you, have to, you have to be comfortable with yourself. You have to go on there and you have to like do what Max says. You have to be able to say, okay, how am I as a producer going to go after my guest? What they're about? What I want to hear? And how do I deliver it back to the audience? Because the audience is coming here to listen to me. And they're letting to come on the journey with me to take them there. Don't want to come off self-centered. But that's why people are listening. Are you as a host? How do I make it engaging? How do I make this relevant for someone listening in Bangladesh? How do I make this relevant for someone listening in Brazil and United I, I States? I guess that's a sexy answer. It's like a ooh, that's a nice answer. But like, I'm I'm curious about literally, the, what do you like about a podcast, and do you do that in your own process? Yes. Like, so I, you, I, I for example, sounds like that that was like the end product. I want to come off cool. I want people to know all over the world. I want not you know, not to come off cool. I, I, I want that. I'm gonna go out there. I'm gonna create something because that's. Again, like you said, there's this, uh, the the self selfish you, accident, uh, no, accident no, no. But you're going out there to create, and you're you going out there to talk pe- to crazy people. Do you follow people that um, you think are really cool and do that? Not, I keep saying cool, but uh, do you f- listen to podcasts of like travelers of people who like give off that vibe and and kind of bring you on this ride, and you want to do something similar, or do you, are you kind of trying to create your own lane or? Absolutely. I'm just curious. Like Rogan's, Rogan's podcast, again, a lot of people's first podcasts they usually find and get into. Well, he's great. And he, For a reason. Yeah. yeah. I try to learn from him too. He does such a great job. And people forget he has, comes from a background of entertainment. You know, being in a, a play-by-play commentator of the UFC, be having his own show on Fear Factor and a bunch of other shows he's done. Like he's been in this space for a long time. He's great interviewing. And he plays, goes, comes off so coy sometimes. Like asking the right simple little question so because he comes off genuinely curious yeah and he's not really trying to interview he's just talking yeah so that's kind of what i wanted you know on the bus bus driver experience always to be Hmm. is my take on bringing someone on and you're going to get the perspective of me having this conversation i wish i asked you that before i would have been maybe more open to some of the u-turns you took that's cool it's great because me i use like someone like uh joe i try to take like his ability to just like have a casual conversation. I love that. Mm-hmm. And he reminds me, okay, I don't need to try to be anything but myself. But then I love the format of like Aubrey Marcus, Tim Ferriss, these guys who have like a very specific angle to the podcast so that the listener, I love getting on a podcast and knowing exactly what I'm listening to. And I know exactly what I'm going to get out of it. Well, Tim's the best at that. He's one of the best marketers yeah, yeah. ever that he can say, I have the so same if questions. You're, if, you're, if you're an author, I'm going to talk to you about your book and people who listen know what they're getting. And mm-hmm. I love that. So that's what I try to do on my shows. But you're more of a, this is an experience. This is like a Joe Rogan experience, the bus driver experience. It's uh, it can go anywhere. You're along for the ride, which is different. And yeah. I like that. And I can respect that. And you know, I'm not the only bus driver. Everybody has their own bus driver. You have your own bus, you have your own vehicle, how you can see the world and how you can go off and live your new unique experience. I'm just here taking you on the bus that I know my bus right here where you got to go out and create your own thing maybe create your own lane be your own bus driver cool man be on the bus so Hell yeah. that's that's my shtick but I mean yeah if, if you have an idea like Tim Ferriss I want to make a book I'm going to ask the same questions I'm going to take those notes from the show and turn into a book and you're able to have that discipline and that's your overall general message of creating a show then yeah as a podcaster 
And you, like you said, there's some shows I have, you know, I listen to PTI podcast version. I don't listen, watch it on TV. Know what I'm getting. 22 minute program. Oh, yeah, I was just curious. Yeah. That's cool. Um, yeah, there, there, there's, there's definitely more. those. Dan Carlin's hardcore history is one of my favorite shows. You love history. Well, it's the number one podcast in the world too. Really? Download wise. Wow. He gets like a million in the first few hours. And it's a history podcast that's four or six hours long. Wow. 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 What do people like? You know, what do people want when a history show is the best? Rogan's the be- is the number one download show, like, per per show. But Dan Carlin puts one out once every six months or a year. Oh. But he'll get, you know, just the most downloads for episode. But Rogan's, you know, a few million per app. Tim yeah. Ferriss. Rogan makes me... Uh feel hopeful for society that we can have like undisturbed unfiltered information he could talk to anybody and he'll he seems to give a generally non-biased output and i feel like the truth will always come through when we have like these cool mediums like that mm-hmm. yeah conversations are dying art and it's back baby we're getting we're getting it there it's back baby. podcasts are still growing man there's still a long space and long way to go i think i was telling you it's 30 percent of americans listen to podcasts i think that's kind of like directly correlated to college graduates in the country which is about 33 percent of americans mm-hmm. of college degrees i think that's a strong thing we can relate those things to and it's very coastal you know living in big cities living in mm. um metropolitan areas you're going to predominantly know about podcasts and shows but it's, it's tough getting stuck in the window in a bubble out here mm. or in any big city to say oh this is what the rest of the country thinks like. this is what mm. the rest of the people think good like. point i get like that they're great and they're educational but there's there's still a lot of people that don't know about them. i'm in it's, a bubble yeah. a lot of growth um in the space so i'm excited to be working with you on those things man. likewise man yeah. happy to have you as my producer i'm pumped I'm stoked, man, man. You're, we're going to get your show taken off already on a bunch of new mediums and a bunch of new channels so people can find your show, Mind Body Hoops. It's changing. You want to talk about it? Tell us. Mind Body Hoops, is, uh, the podcast name is going to be Looking Up. And it's just a name that came to me that sounds fun and exciting. And it's just to allow myself not to be in the confined to basketball anymore. I do. Uh, I want to kind of blend my professional life and my brand so that I don't have to be so spread all over the place. I have clients that I help with, like creative directive stuff and from video strategy to just overall branding. And then I have get to work with some of the best people in the mind-body athletic space. And then I have my brand on the side where it's very specific to basketball. So I'd love to just blend all three so I can you know, share my professional projects. I can share what I'm learning from my clients and then share what I'm learning in terms of my continuing study of mental health and performance. Uh, and that'll my Instagram will probably just be changed to Max McCoy, uh, personalized. You know, just it's it's just me anyway. So I don't want to just overly brand myself for no reason. So really, just minimizing. I'm a, I'm kind of a minimal anyways in life. So mm-hmm. minimizing all the moving parts and just making it all one holistic kind of. This is what I'm working on. And if you like it, tune in, my man. Yeah, you'll be looking up with Max McCoy. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. No, I'm pumped. When do you think that's change is going to be happening? Soon, a couple weeks. Okay. Instagram's going to change soon, but looking up, I'm not. I'm, I'm I'm in no rush, but I love the name. For some reason, it came to me when I was uh, rolling out with a lacrosse ball. <laughs> I have this weird thing where I'll, I'll roll out with a lacrosse ball, and I'll get a really tight spot. And then when I really break through and finally get that muscle to relax, ideas come to me. It's as if ideas are trapped in the tension of my body. Talk about mind-body connection Flow, yeah. stuff. And so I was like rubbing out my tight hips, you know, like everybody's got tight hips and 
Ooh, looking up, that'd be a great name because I had been thinking about it. And for me, looking up is this cool name. means so many things. It can mean looking up to the people I'm talking to who are like mentors to me, looking up to a better day, looking up to the fucking cosmos. And it could be taken as a spiritual sense. So it's kind of an abstract approach, which I like. You're talking about breaking through. Do you do any um, psychoactives or any supplements to help you with your mind body? Currently, no, but I have. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones? Uh, illegal substances. Yeah, I have. But th- I would say uh, some really beautiful experiences. Like when I was like uh, in a tough place when I was like 19 or 20, my first time was dabbling with, uh, you know, those plants. And it really helped me like get a better sense for who I was and kind of the world. And it's it's almost as if I've thought a lot about it. It's like um, I think the first step into creating a really big change for anybody is getting like shook and kind of just like shaking your foundation to the core. And that can happen through things we're just talking about, or it can happen through travel. It can happen through just getting yourself in really uncomfortable situations. So it's a really good way to like do that in a controlled environment, lose control, kind of like blow everything out of the water. And then that really can forces you to remember who you are down yeah. to the core. I definitely don't think it's for everybody as much as I've used. Yeah, that's why I have used a lot I, of I've them. never talked about it. And I don't know if, I feel because my audience is young. Yeah, that's fine. That's, uh, that's fine. cool. But it's like, it's a personal thing. If people wanted to talk to me individually about it, I'd be like, I think it's a great idea. Mm-hmm. I think I definitely support what like Maps is doing. Um, Rick Doblin, yeah, over at Maps. Man, they're doing amazing stuff. And for someone who has siblings with really severe depression, um, being able to see what, for one of them, have tried it, one of them haven't, seeing the difference and how much it can help, how much it can help you talk about your like the your stubbornness or whatever you're you're clinging to the issues that you tell yourself you have things like psychedelics can kind of break that apart and remind you oh i'm this is who i am down to the core you're stripped of everything massively um but that's again why i don't think it's for everybody i think there's definitely a proponent of people yeah there's um, risks it can onset things like dementia and and like uh, schizophrenia schizophrenia as well yeah you know people joke about putting those in the water supplies i'm like you cannot joke about that not a good joke yeah. not good yeah. it's it's not for everybody and I mean, i've I'll talked to a therapist though about uh not like one-on-one as a therapy session but as like a guy who was working in a therapy profession he says even things like these super potent uh thc pens have been onsetting things like schizophrenia and it's absolutely because they're so potent and they're so artificial at this point where got to be really careful if you have a predisposition to any of that like these things maybe don't cause it but they get that shit rolling yeah these substances will some of them i'll say one for example lsd will will change your thoughts and change you know the way you see not just while under the influence i think it's just yeah that uh, was the first one a I paradigm ever, shift first for, one i ever took first for for a lot of people it will yeah. change the, how you see the world how you perceive the world yeah. and i think predominantly it's in a positive way and positive for a lot of people, but I think I guess we could talk about it. Yeah. So I think I love I heard of it this way, and it really stuck with me. It's like you can have super bad experiences in your life, and it becomes like a part of your identity, and you're like tra- traumatized for life, and you have like a scar, mm-hmm. and it's like that's what people call like when you're gonna have PTSD. It's because a really really intense thing happened to you, and your brain's like remember this, change because of this, so never let this happen again. I've heard I think it was Sam Harris talk about it. 
he said like psycho psychedelics can be such an extreme version of the opposite of that it can be such an extreme positive such a profound event where so much stimuli is being taken in your mind's blown so many good things are happening where it's almost it becomes embedded in your, your who you are mm-hmm. and it becomes a part it's like the opposite of ptsd it's like a incredibly traumatic positive event where now you know you're, you're moving in a different direction you know if that makes sense so super cool and then i think I be, I le, i've also heard that if you think of thought patterns as like water going down a rock and it creates grooves in the rock over time psychedelics kind of allow that rock to reset sometimes interesting and kind of ruffle up the feathers clear the cobwebs and, mm-hmm. and make new grooves make new thought patterns and yeah it's just incredible and there's a lot of science going down to this again i'm bad at reciting shit but you talked about earlier it is i I look at them as like creative inputs Hmm. and you you have to balance out the amount of creative input you're taking in Hmm. because input in general yeah yeah i mean it's going to ruffle your feathers that's a a great uh, way to say it i'm taking some of these substances and it's going to really allow you to see the world in a whole different light yeah but you have to be able to reassess what you saw you got to learn from it Take what you have and then try and put those practices with the output into yeah. the world. Yeah. And the circle of life, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For me, it was it was a really positive experience. It was a legal experience, but it was positive. Yeah. You Sam Harris fan? You were talking about him? Uh, yeah. He's got a, the Waking Up app, I think. Uh, meditation I haven't, app. I haven't done the app yet. I haven't uh, done it either, but uh, I'm just a fan of what he stands for and what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's interesting because he has that open talk about psychoactive substances and yeah. using them yeah. and being one of the most eloquent, well, beautiful pre- speakers in the world. I appreciate you like pushing me to like try and talk about this stuff because it's like something I'm uncomfortable talking about because mm-hmm. it's like that pseudo still. So I'm like, I don't want to get myself screwed over, but yeah. I think it's also like a part of like the truth is like these things are really positive and they're natural substances found in nature. We've been taking them for millions of years. So I, it's like something I got to get over is like getting my ego hurt if I get in trouble or anything. You know? Yeah. My ego needs beating up. And that's <laughs> why I know I, I need some of these substances. I'm due for a good one. I'm excited. I'm, I'm doing one soon. <laughs> really? Yeah. A good, uh, maybe a mushroom trip. Um, I think they're good. Well, maybe like a yearly thing. Like I think it's really good to just check in with yourself, see where you're at. Oh man, blow the waters away. That, that'll that'll take your look or your ego in the mirror, and it'll just like it's like a good wet wet cloth, and you just yeah. wring out that ego. And serious. Beat it up. Just like ah, oh, I needed that man. For real. I'm a little back down on earth right now. And for if anybody who I think everybody's an artist, but if you consider yourself an artist already, especially like it can really bring you back to that like pure soulful artistic nature where you're like ooh, like i don't have my myself getting my own way is this good is this bad it's just like no it's just like it's what you are we'll see in two weeks i'm gonna do it in about two weeks so don't judge me after two weeks cool i love it (laughs) well thank you brother for coming on we got a good 90 right here good damn good 90 minute show how you doing brian i think he's i think we're deep on cards over there left. <laughs> 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 on SD cards. So I want to thank you so much for coming in. Ah, of course, brother. Thanks for having me. I know now you see the show as a, it's a weird, wild roller coaster. Wild, wild west. Conversational driver experience. Interview. I'm going to, I'm going to get you comfortable. I'm going to get you loose and I'm going to, I'm going to go after your psyche and let people know who you are. <laughs> and bring people cool, in. Cool, man. That's the bus. What is your, uh, what's next for you? I don't know. Um, India is definitely in my future. I may push that back a few weeks uh, to the end of the year, uh, end of the 2020. Still going to happen, but uh, we're going to see what's happening in the next few weeks. I have a lot of interesting things happening, and I love Los Angeles. I love this house I live in. I love the people I've connected Me with too, and baby. worked with out here. I'm going to be in Venice Beach. 
Um, see you soon. So, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next two weeks and see what happens. Maybe have some more time to prep and plan for India because that's definitely happening. Cool. Definitely the next mission of, you know, this brand and, you know, this community or for people around the world I'm trying to connect and inspire and, you know, to move in a, you know, to create their own selves, man. Cool, create man. the best versions of them. So I love it. Yeah. And uh, let people know where they can find you. Let them know about this podcast course we got going. When is this being released? Um, we'll probably do it end of next week or maybe Monday or maybe the next Monday. I'm not sure. Push it back a little bit. Find me at, at Max McCoy. T- Brandon will tag it up. My name. I haven't switched my at name yet, but I'm doing it ASAP. So I'm going to let you tag it up. Find me on Instagram. From there, you can find everything about me. My name yeah. is Max McCoy, people. Oh, we got a pot. Should I say it to camera? Because yeah. this could be used in an ad. We got the raw audio. This is the this is the brand and recent. We can, t- we can cut this video out later too, man. This yeah, is yeah. So, nah. We got a podcast course. It's called How to Start a Podcast One on One. I got so many people who are asking me about how to start a podcast. Should I start a podcast? Hey, I got so many questions, and I basically took everybody's questions and then some and just try to answer everything. So it's uh, a podcast course. How to set up your podcast? Wh- how to like get the concept of it? How to uh, strategize like the actual podcasting process how to prepare for talks how to be a better podcaster how to get better at speaking how to get curious how to just be present with your guests and then you come in brandon as my producer killing it with the the videos that you made helping people with the how to get your podcast hosted how to get it set up with multiple different feeds what kind of mic you should get we give you tons of options uh it's a podcast course that i invested a lot in and then i know you helped me out and just made it even better um and it's cheap. It's like less than 50 bucks. And you're set up. You have literally our full team in your corner. And then you get access to a Facebook group where I have a small tribe of like podcasters um, helping each other out, supporting each other, making sure we can all like bounce ideas and questions off each other so that we're supported every step of the way. It's basically the course I wish I had when I started my own podcast. We made that. How to start a podcast one-on-one. Super cool. Just launched. Yeah. We'll have links for that in the show notes we'll have links on that in social media you can find that in my bio on my instagram you can find that on max's as well or mind body hoops you'll be able to find that course and go ahead and connect with us on there ask any questions you want because if you really want to start a podcast on your own it is hard work it is going to be time consuming but we're going to be there for you and be there to help you compact and be a lot more concise in your plan on how you're targeting that stuff but brother, thank you for coming on the show. Love you, brother. Great podcast. Great stuff. And yeah, everybody else, thanks for tuning in. This Jeez. is a wild bus ride. You got a little bit more about what we're about here on the bus driver experience. Um, again, like, comment, subscribe. Go ahead and share this episode. You got all the different options. Sharing it on YouTube with Reddit, um, Twitter, Facebook. All those shares help. It helps people find this show and it helps grow this show. And I'm not here at this show like we talked about it without people who listen and people who are still an hour and a half in listening to me spiel and pitch myself. So thank you to all you guys for doing that. There's other ways to support. There's merch. There's gear. You can let the people know you have so much fucking content. You can go buy those shirts at busdriverproductions.com. There's I'm on the bus t-shirts. Those help support me massively. They help me support and get guys like Brian who come in here and produce all this great videos and help me produce and create this crazy show. He helps me on all ends of the program. And yeah, if you're on the podcast app, go ahead and leave that five-star review. It's the currency of podcast. I appreciate all his reviews. We're trying to get to 200 as soon as possible. And yeah, guys, no matter where you are, no matter where you are, you're on the bus, man. We'll see you later. Bye.
the moments uh, for those who 